0: You're listening to The Worship Review, a podcast which evaluates contemporary Christian music for the good of the church to the glory of God. This podcast is for the whole church to encourage thoughtful engagement with the words, emotions, and ideas in our music. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hello and welcome back to The Worship Review, the podcast where we critically and charitably examine the texts of music being sung in the church. I am Tyler, a linguist, joined by Colin. Hey, I'm Colin. I'm a history professor. In the second series of the podcast, we are looking at hymns of the church that have been redone in recent years by contemporary Christian worship bands and musicians. And today we're taking a look at It Is Well originally by Horatio Spafford, now done by Bethel. Colin, how would you introduce a listener to this song? What would you say
1: about it? Well, let me just say, first of all, that the original version of this song is pretty well known. It's kind of like Amazing Grace, I would say, in that it is a a hymn that has wide popularity and currency, even outside the church. And many people know it because of the famous story, which I I won't go into, I guess, now, because many people know it, but this is written by a man who had great tragedy befall his family lost four daughters at sea and uh was still able to say it is well with my soul it's a song of great endurance and faithfulness to god even in the midst of great trials and tribulations this song is
0: that the sense you also get from this bethel version
1: no it's not (laughs) and uh you know Let me see if I can try to summarize this version that Bethel has done there. This is a song about some kind of shakings and stirrings and tumult of some kind. And it's unclear exactly what shape this like. Not only do we not know what the metaphors represent, but I'm not actually sure what the metaphors themselves are. We get some clarity about them, but they kind of shift and change over time. But throughout whatever is happening, what exactly is happening is a slight mystery to me. The person has their eyes on somebody. So there's a bunch of stuff happening, and yet the person is well because they've got their eyes on fixed on somebody but at the same time they can't see so there's also some discussion in the song about not being able to see and like there's a mountain in the way um and then there's a point in the song where the singer is saying that they need to let go so they're the bad things happening their eyes are fixed on something but they're blind and then they let go and trust in him but I don't know who him is exactly. Uh, And then it's well with them again. And there's just this brief extemporaneous comment at the very end of the song that uh, uh, we have that the hymn defined as Lord, but this is just a, a, like a quick comment. So I think this is about God and I think, that again, this has something to do with tumult and eye fixing. That's so about it. I, I, can you actually, make sense of it?
0: No, your your attempt to make more sense of it slightly confused me. Um, but it sounds like this hits at least two of the alarm bells that we have. <laughs> the first alarm bell is like a flood. His mercy rains. Alarm bell, which is me- metaphors that not only do you not know what they mean, but you don't even know what they are. Yeah, and the there are some words that never grow old alarm bell where <laughs> people start saying things that don't make sense and you just kind yeah. of roll with it yeah um did i miss anything
1: yeah it's kind of like a transformers movie where just like suddenly the action happens like you were you were like driving down the road in a car and then the car is a robot like you just have to be okay with the fact that there's a robot suddenly there
0: or a lynch movie but i think i think you're Intuition about the big Hollywood movie is not—is possibly not—I think you may be onto something by likening it to a big Hollywood production, because this is a large music production, and there are a lot of people, and like with the Transformers movie, we— we're kind of reclining and we're on for a ride and we might not understand where things are going, but there's going to be a lot of passion, a lot of action, a lot of loud noises. And
1: if you like that in a movie, then you might like that in this song. And it has several hundred million views, which, I mean, you're talking a blockbuster at that point. I mean, more people have seen this video than have seen many films.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well— Listeners, grab your popcorn, grab your soft drinks, and uh, your Sour Patch Kids, and we will jump into verse one.
1: Let's all go to the lobby. Grand earth has quaked before Move by the sound of his voice
0: And seas that are shaking and stirred.
1: Can be calmed and broken for my regard. Grander Earth <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it so can we stop there? Grander Earth? Tyler, Grander Earth has quaked before. I don't know what that means. Which earth or which earth was less grand or was more grand than the earth? That is quaking. Or is it quaking? What is happening?
0: I'm already lost. Okay, I, I think I get the sentiment in this verse. I really do. I really do. But I think we have to read the entire thing to okay, make sense of it. Okay,
1: let's go ahead. Sorry, continue. Let's no, finish.
0: Fine. Grander earth has quaked before, moved by the sound of his voice. Seas that are shaken and stirred can be calmed and broken, for my regard. So, Colin, here's a proposal. Okay. There is earth, and it's shaky. There are seas,
1: Hold and there... Is this the grander earth, or the... Not as grand. No,
0: this the earth that's right now... I stop laughing <laughs> <laughs> The earth that I am Worried about right now I can't even say this with a straight face So right now I am facing Troubling earth And troubling waters And I am comforting
1: Myself Wait are you trying to deliver the one ring to Mount Doom? <laughs>
0: yes that, Okay. Exactly <laughs> I pass through fire and flame So I am troubled by, by earth and by waters, they are uncertain, and I am comforting myself with the assurance that grander earth was moved before, and greater seas were calmed.
1: So, grander earth is in, like, bigger bits of Bigger earth. mountains. Okay. Bigger mountains. So like, maybe like- I've got
0: a mountain in my life, but Christ can move bigger mountains. Okay.
1: I mean, is this a reference to creation?
0: I think this is a reference to Psalm 104. Okay. He set the earth on its foundation so that it should never be moved. You covered it with deep, with the deep, as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. At your rebuke, they fled. At the sound of your thunder, they took to flight the mountains rose the valley sank down to the place that you appointed for them you set a boundary that they may not pass so they might not gain so that they might not again
1: cover the earth oh thank goodness okay that you can see some connections there i think someone read that and thought how can i make this sound worse <laughs> <laughs> no i can see they they're clearly there's some inspiration from that but it just it's far it's written removed. in that weird worship grammar that just makes things not make sense
0: yes and i do think that that psalm is talking about creation okay um he set the earth on its foundations yeah. but i think it's also talking about the flood of noah right okay. because the waters rise and then they recede okay we don't get any of that in this song to to make sense of what what is moving and why? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's clear that this this first verse, it is clear to me, is meant to be a comfort to the singer, because these these big things can be moved for a little old me, right? For my regard. Yeah. Um, I think also it may be a reference to um, Christ calming the storm.
1: Yeah, that's um, what I thought as well. It reminds me of Luke eight chapter twenty two excuse me, Luke 8, verses 22 through 25. This is Jesus calming the storm. So the storm occurs, and then they went and woke Jesus, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. He awoke and rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and they ceased, and there was a calm. Then Jesus turns to the disciples, and he says, Where is your faith? And they were afraid, and they marveled, saying to one another, Who then is this that he commands even the winds and the water? And they obey him. Which okay, this is not Jesus calming the storm for their regard. This is actually kind of the opposite. This is Jesus calming the storm and then kind of rebuking them for lacking trust that Jesus could care for them, that God would care for them, that God would care for Jesus. Like there are a lot of things that they're not believing here and they they even don't seem to quite realize who Jesus is even that he could do this even after he has already performed some mm-hmm. miracles at this point so this is not while there are some similarities between this the language in this passage and what we see in this first verse the intention is is basically opposite and from my reading mm-hmm. what do you think tyler so
0: you're saying he did not calm the storm because the disciples were in a panic. No. He calmed the storm because he could.
1: Yeah. And perhaps also to demonstrate his power. Yeah, and and to demonstrate the fact that they were going to be fine. Like, if the storm even continued and he didn't calm it, like, God is in charge. God Mm. is not going to let one hair of your head. He, 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 He is going to care for his own. Like yeah. he is sovereignly ordaining all things and he is good. So it doesn't mean that you're going to move through life without tribulation, but it does mean that we can trust God. We need not fear. We need mm-hmm. not be anxious.
0: Right. Because even if they had shipwrecked, right, he can walk on water, yeah. right? Even if, even if they had gone under, he created those waters right. and could have done much, much more. Exactly. To
1: save them. Like, did they not realize who was in the boat with them? Yeah. My goodness. Mm-hmm. I think it may also be a reference, and
0: I, I do really do, th- I really do think it may also be a reference to another text. I think this style of worship music involves making references to disconnected areas that show great power without tying them together. Okay, in a so you're way. saying
1: that there are probably several references here, all jumbled together. All in, this in the verse. first verse. So okay. here's the
0: th- here's the third reference that I think is being made here. So Christ casts a demon out of a boy um, after his disciples fail to do it. Mm-hmm. And the disciples say, and this is Matthew seventeen, nineteen to twenty, Why could we not cast it out? He said to them, Because of your little faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible.
1: For you. Quick aside, I think that's definitely for the next verse. Are you saying that this that is for this verse as well?
0: Yeah, I do. Um, because the first half of this verse does talk about earth quaking and moving by the sound of Christ's voice. So maybe this reference from Matthew seventeen doesn't belong here because it's about yeah. my faith moving mountains. Yeah. I okay.
1: Think, okay.
0: Then. We have Okay, so wait. The first verse makes references to mountains moving, waters well, earth, moving,
1: earth quaking, and it doesn't say anything about mountains. It just says quaking earth.
0: Earth quaking moved by the sound of his voice. And then we have seas are shaken and stirred. Right. Like two different kinds of cocktails. <laughs> they can be calmed and broken. The seas can be broken. From my regard, right? Or or is it the earth that's quaking that can be broken? it all, it all, my eyes are on you, and through it all, through it all it is well. Then we get to through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you, through it all, through it all, it is well. Colin, help me make sense of this. Oh,
1: Tyler, this is such a difficult task. I'm actually, okay, so it all, through it all, presumably this is referencing the chaos that we just. Quaking. The quaking. Shaking and stirring. Shaking and stirring. Shaking, not stirred. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Um, And uh, so that's what it all is. But, okay, so we don't really know what, all of that stuff that just happened was exactly only that it was kind of ish sounding, so it was some powerfulishness that happened. but like, was that sin? was that like bad circumstances? Was it bad guacamole? We don't know what it was. Um, so I'm not sure what through it all is a reference to, but presumably this chaos. And then we know that this person's eyes are fixed on a U. Now, there's nothing yet that necessarily indicates that it's God, I guess, Um, because the first part is so ethereal, the first verse is so ethereal, that it may be the case that the moved by the sound of his voice is just a kind of metaphorical movement. So we're not necessarily seeing supernatural action here yet, and we don't necessarily know that the you is the same as the person that's in the first verse either. So we just, I don't know who this person is fixing their eyes on either. Like, it could be a boyfriend, it could be a parent, it could be the Lord, and obviously we assume that that's who this is about based on the context, but we know that this is sung in a kind of worship setting so presumably is god but i'm just saying there's nothing explicit at this point that really shows us who this is uh, maybe a supreme being at best we could say and then it is well so it is well in what way like as in like everything's fine with me my circumstances are fine my sin is forgiven Like, you'd have to do a lot of work to say that it is well means my sins are forgiven.
0: Uh, Everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you.
1: How are you? Yeah, and what's interesting is, and just to draw a comparison with the, the, the hymn, it is well, with my soul, right? So that tells us a little bit more about what it is well means. Like, my soul is well, right? Which implies a kind, that's the eternal part of us, right? That. It is, my eternity is secure, right? My, my destiny has been decided. Mm-hmm. Whereas this just says, it is well, and it is well with me. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I'm good, I'm okay. I just don't think that this part of the song accomplishes anything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Apart from having a kind of nice melody. Through it all, through it all. And I got this it is nice, a nice melody. ring to it. And she sings it so beautifully. But... Yeah, the music ah, is beautiful.
0: I don't, Let me... I'm going to, again, do what I did for the first verse and say, I think I know what is being attempted here. Remember how the first verse had a... Not a coherent set of, but a set of unstable...
1: Yes, quaking, shaking, stirring elements. Yeah,
0: you know, wind—not er, wind, but earth and, and yes. seas. Then we have, through it all, I think through all that rocking and rolling. Yeah, right. My eyes are on you, and like you said, I think we can infer that this is about God. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, there's not even a you in the first verse to make sense of the the voice that yeah. is moving. Yeah. Nothing to
1: connect the person in the first verse to the person here.
0: Yeah. So I think what this is saying is I fix my eyes on God and I need not be afraid of quaking. And shaking. <laughs> figuratively yeah. in tumultuous life experiences. That's being very genuine. Generous, I realize, but that's what I think they're going for.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably what they're going for too. But man, even just to get there is a lot of work. I mean, yeah. you, this is basically you this have is, to wade through it all. This is not. This is not even a Picasso. This is like a splash of color that's thrown on a canvas. Like the person like a Jackson like, Pollock. Yeah, they like threw some paintbrushes at the canvas, and they're like, "Look, it's." It's a picture of the Parthenon, and you're like, no, it's not. That's the color orange and blue and a streak of yellow across the painting. Like, like, man, to get to much definition is has been a challenge at this point. Mm.
0: Far be it from me to not believe, even. When- be it from me to not believe. <laughs> it's, just, I, it's clunky. I'm, I'm trying to read it so. You're trying to read so it seriously,
1: <laughs> but it's
0: actually when you, it's funny because when you sing this song, you you don't laugh. It's no, a very serious song. Because of
1: all of the emotion. There's a bunch of right? affect going yeah. on.
0: But then when you actually read the words, it is, it is a little bit weird. Which
1: is why it's crucial When you're evaluating a song, to just read the words and not watch the YouTube video first.
0: Yes. Far be it from me to not believe, even when my eyes can't see, and this mountain that's in front of me
1: i'm <laughs> you are, so sorry you I'm, hold it together. I'm trying
0: okay. are you imagining like a, a five-year-old kid saying this is no, that what's... i'm just trying to count the negations right like, oh yeah far right. Be it from me to not believe even when my eyes can't see and i'm thinking like let me build a syntax tree out of this and figure yeah. out what negates
1: what no, far be nobody it from me. nobody doesn't like sarah lee
0: nobody don't not like sarah lee either though that's the thing Far be it from me to not believe, even when my eyes can't see, and this mountain that's in front of me will be thrown into the midst of the sea.
1: (sighs) Yeah, I mean, there's, okay, this is better than the first verse, because we have a little bit less, we, we have a little bit more focus as to what's going on. Now, there's still some stuff that is completely unclear. Far be it from me to not believe, not believe in what I, not believe in God, not believe that the stuff is crashing around them, not believe that they're that it is well, whatever that meant. So I'm not sure what the person is supposed to be worried about not believing, and then the person talks about their eyes not being able to see, so they're blinded or they're ex- experiencing times of blindness. So the way that this is, the way that the grammar works here is that we have a sense that their eyes aren't always blind, but they have times, periodic episodes of blindness. So even when their eyes can't see, it's far, f- they, they they still believe basically. And then suddenly there's a mountain. Like this is that moment where it's like, Okay, car chase. I don't know, like it's just the sudden the action breaks out. Like they can't see anything. We're kind of in a dark place in a place of contemplative and belief we're, we're in a place of contemplating belief and blindness. And then it's like and this mountain that's in front of me and you're like, "What? Where did that come from?" So now there's a mountain in front of them, but then it's gone cuz it gets thrown into the sea. So it's just a, a boom boom boom. Now, so um So there's a, you know, and obviously the mountain goes into the sea. It's like, where did the sea come from? I mean, it's kind of vaguely referenced in the beginning. Okay, so I think I can, I had better luck figuring out what's going on here, I think. So the first thing I think is going on is the Matthew 17 passage, where Jesus says, because of your little faith, for truly I say to you, uh, where, where Jesus says, for truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. So we have Jesus saying um, that if you have faith like a grain of mustard, then you could command a mountain move this mountain so i don't know if he's like pointing to some particular mountain that he's on at the time perhaps or near yeah or near and so this isn't a metaphorical mountain he's he's saying like a patch of ground Mm -hmm. so he's not speaking about like our circumstances or like the mountain of whatever perhaps speaking of grander earth Uh, yeah (laughs) maybe tyler um like when I read Matthew Henry's commentary on this, he 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 said it's just a mountain. But mm. whenever mountains appear in contemporary Christian worship music, it's almost always a metaphor for like a struggle or yeah. like some insurmountable, yeah, when, problem
0: in Miley Cyrus songs as well. You know the song <laughs> yeah. "It's the Climb." No, it's always going to be an uphill battle. No. There's always going to be another mountain. Okay. Okay so the the mountain being thrown into the midst of the sea. Yeah, I think a reference that, to Matthew 17.
1: No, I okay. So I think there are actually two references being mixed together. I think the ma- mountain being moved is Matthew 17, but then the ma- mountain being thrown into the sea. Now my favorite psalm is Psalm 46 and Psalm four, that that immediately popped into my head because there's the the opening lines of Psalm 46 are God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Now, there's a lot there that's kind of similar to some of the sentiments that we've seen in the song. Oh, definitely. Plus, we have the mountain being thrown into the sea. Yeah, so, but
0: the sentiments of uncertainty and faith yeah. in God, despite that.
1: Well, which is what the the psalm makes it clear that we're talking about yeah. faith in God and not fearing. I, I'm the, being very generous yeah. with
0: this song. Yeah, I think that's psalm.
1: what it's trying to do. Yeah, I think so too. It's just not a comp, it's not executing obviously really at all. But uh, so I think there's kind of a mix of those things happening. We have the because if it's if it's just this psalm. That wouldn't make sense because in this psalm, the mountain being thrown into the sea is describing like the very earth itself being uncertain. Like we imagine that the ground that we stand on is sure. Like that's what's so unsettling about earthquakes is because they tell us that even the thing that we're walking on, that our houses are built on, that we spend our whole life on isn't actually stable. Like earthquakes are really scary for that reason. But, and that's kind of what the Psalm is saying. It's saying God is a place of refuge and the city, and if you read further on in the Psalm, like the city of God is not moved by the earthquake. It's not thrown into the sea. And in fact, even as armies come against the city of God, like God is like a warrior who goes out and just flattens the, the enemy army and says, be still and that I'm God. So, so, but the, the, this song says the mountain that's in front of me will be thrown into the midst of the sea. So we do have a mountain going into the sea, but in this case, the mountain is some kind of obstacle. So it's, it it metaphorically is different. It's like, again, it's this mountain of something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. The song doesn't tell us.
0: Right, because as you said, whereas Christ was pointing to a physical mountain, it's very unlikely that Bethel Church is pointing at a specific mountain when they write this song, no. right? It's, it's,
1: it's a metaphorical
0: mountain. Some kind of euphemism.
1: If you watch the YouTube video of the song being sung, it's at that line when the audience just starts cheering.
0: Yes, like I noticed really that too. I really I excited the that. mountain
1: being thrown in the sea. And
0: I thought it was so weird. I was like, why is, th- I mean, is it just that there's like this big action going no, on? No, it's
1: because it's a trope. It's a common trope. Everybody knows what that means. What everyone, is it? I don't know what it means. Everyone knows that mountain, a mountain being moved, is like a thing that you couldn't get over, a circumstance that you couldn't solve on your own getting dealt with for you so that's this kind of a it's a, it's a it's a trope in contemporary Christian worship music so they the the crowd the audience immediately understands this which is why they cheer and get excited about that and they've heard sermons about Matthew 17 which tell them that with their faith they can move mountains and those are metaphorical mountains so the, their exposition has been bad that they've received on Matthew 17. So they're combining bad exposition with this common trope in worship music to get to that idea, and so that's very triumphant to them. But to people who read scripture and understand the references, like like understand Psalm forty six and some of these other these and, and Matthew seventeen, it's like that that's not what's going on at all. Colin, I wanted to talk about this first half of this second verse.
0: Okay, far be it from me to not believe even when my eyes can't see disregarding the various negatives here. I think the sentiment expressed is um, let me believe even when my eyes do not show me. Yeah. And I think this is a reference to Thomas John 20 um, who demands to touch the wounds before he will believe that Christ was resurrected. And then Christ in John 20, 29 says, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And I think this, this verse is encouraging people to believe despite what they see all around them, which um, on the one hand I think is is a it is a good exhortation to have faith in Christ, even when circumstances are difficult and confusing and um, you may be tempted to doubt. If your eyes tell you that the words of a song don't make sense, should you believe your eyes, or should you have faith in in whatever uh, that... There's nothing wrong with the song. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it does. And I think that's that's a, that question, there are Christians that have very different answers for that question, right? We, we have received some criticism by people who say, look, you need to just accept the intentions behind these songs and you need to place more value on that than you do the actual words that are set. Mm-hmm. Like who cares if, this isn't verbatim what folks have said, but the sentiment is, Okay, if it's imprecise, so what? They meant well. And I think that
0: would be a misapplication of John 20. So too. I don't think that God asks us to turn off our brains and eyes and ears yeah. and our reason in favor of a kind of blind faith in in anything. No. Um, he gives us even good evidence to believe in Christ. So Interesting, and the last thing I'll say about this verse because it's becoming more of a problem in this song is there's an there's a mingling of very informal language, such as "through it all, my eyes are on you." That's that could that's a sentence that I could say to my wife, yeah. to my brother, to my friends it's colloquial. But, the, but then there are very very um, formalish formal yeah. Uh, turns of phrase such as grander earth and quake. I mean, when was the last time you heard someone use that verb Um, um, for my regard rather than for (laughs) me Um, far be it from me. Now that's, that's all that, that turn of phrase is all over translations of the Bible. And I think that they know the authors of the song know that people will say those words and, you know, Maybe be, be brought to a place where they're recalling scriptural yeah, language, but maybe not Grandeur. content. Yeah, there's yeah. like this kind of seriousness about using those phrases. Um, even when my eyes can't see, um, rather than even when I can't see, thrown into the midst of the yes, sea rather midst. than
1: into the sea. Yeah. Um that's wow, that's yeah, I see what you're saying. So there's it's this weird.
0: interesting interplay between very formal language that's taken out of its scriptural content but retains some of that
1: archaic sentiment. Yeah, like majesty almost or dignity.
0: Yes. And informal language which has this colloquial ring to it, everyday use and kind of frank, simple sentiments. Mhm. It's just interesting to me. and It doesn't get better throughout the song. It actually seems to get worse.
1: No, I mean, it's just making me think too about how it interacts with melody. So the the chunk with the most informal language is the through it all. And that has this really, um, they're kind of higher notes and the music kind of pairs down. You're, you're really hearing the voice of one. There's a, a personal aspect to that. Do you think it's something like an aside
0: in a book? Yeah. Like you have yeah, exactly. big
1: things are like going. Like notes in the margins yeah. almost. Yeah,
0: and then you turn to the side and you're like, wow, this is weird. Yeah. Mean, you kind of turn back to the big yeah.
1: action. I think so. Mm-hmm. I do. Uh, which just goes back to something that we've said as we've looked at these, this series of hymns. There is some very careful use of grammar mm-hmm. and syntax and diction now we're mm-hmm. seeing as well. These are very bright people who are crafting these songs in a particular way for a particular kind of response.
0: And I wonder if even the scriptural references that we've been kind of picking at, they don't at, we've been picking at the scriptural references because they don't always line up. But I wonder if that's intentional because if they did, then you'd be able to construct a coherent reason why there's a problem with using certain metaphors. Yeah, But if you can't ever pin it down, you can't argue with it. It's like
1: a politician's answer, right? Um, Teachers should be paid more. How much more should they pay, be paid? How much is a teacher worth? That question is not asked. You, you don't give a number for the teacher's salary. The answer is, whatever it is, it needs to be more, right? That's what a politician will say. Or like, um, government spending should be less. How much less? In what way? How, what Through what mechanism? Which programs are you going to cut, right? How are you going to do that? No pol- Politicians do not want to answer that question. Mm. But they're happy to say, Government spending should be less. So
0: let go, my soul, and trust in him. The waves and wind still know his name. Then we have, so let go my soul and trust in him. The waves and wind still know his name. This surely, this is also a reference to Christ calming the storm, because even the people that saw it said the wind and waves obey him. Yeah,
1: yeah. That the wind and the waves and wind is a phrase that references that passage. So let go. I want to actually start there. Let go of what? Never let go, Jack. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Jack. He just could not. Climb, I guess he just just couldn't. Maybe frostbitten. I don't know. Yeah, I think James Cameron said, Well, look, there wasn't enough room, but if you look at that, thing, oh, that was
0: a huge raft. Yeah, for sure, there
1: was enough There room. was plenty of room. Also,
0: have you ever been in cold, cold water? Very cold water. I have. Your very first instinct is to get out get of it. The, yeah, it's absolutely. not to be like,
1: Hey, lady, yes, let me grab your hand and it, float here. It's actually why people tend to die when they fall through the ice, it's because they want it, they're trying to get out of that water so bad that they don't just take a second and just orient themselves yeah, and just start um, just kind of breathe for a moment and then kick kick your legs and flatten out and then you can just easily scoot not easily but you can just scooch right up onto the ice but it, when people get in cold water they just utterly panic mm-hmm. um, and they tr- do everything they can to get out of the water like there's no reason like Jack anyway, anyway we we're major tangent here. Um, <laughs> I like it. I think some of our
0: listeners will like it. Welcome
1: too. Welcome to the uh, film review. All right. Um, where we charitably and critically explain why we should have ended differently.
0: Your favorite movies are terrible. Yes,
1: that's right. I think there's a much more of a market for that, to be honest with you. Uh, okay. Let, let, go. let go of what? Uh, it, I, I didn't know if this was like a kind of call out to the kind of let go and let God. You know, this idea that almost this pseudo-Buddhist stuff that's crept into Christianity, that we just need to kind of empty ourselves, that what we do is just, we just need to let go. And it's unclear, like, what we're supposed to let go of.
0: Empty your mind.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there are some things that we should let go of. And we see in Scripture, like, the idea of... Um, you know, putting on and putting off in Ephesians, for example, or like the old man and the new man, or the flesh and the spirit, so we do we do see scriptural concepts of kind of letting go of things, but this just doesn't tell us what to let go and the person asks their soul to let go, but what is their soul going to let go of I'm not sure like. And trust in him? So maybe, like, let go of doubt? Hmm. Which, okay, that could make sense because when Jesus calms the storm, he does rebuke the disciples for their lack of faith, their lack of trust, right? So presumably that could be what this means, maybe? Let go of doubt, I guess? Hmm. Or anxieties, maybe? I mean, maybe. What, are this,
0: what is this person clinging to that they need to let go of and trust in him? Well,
1: the problem is this hasn't been presented as a problem previously in the song. The problem previously in the song was a mountain and some shaking earth and some blindness blindness and some seas. So we don't have any idea what they need to let go of. So it's, it's completely unmoored from any kind of definition and then the waves and the wind still know his name like that's a reassurance right yeah but it's like describing presumably metaphorical winds and waves so it's just it's just completely taken a thing that really happened that jesus really did calm a real storm and it's just turning it into a metaphor like without authorization to do so like the wind and the waves in that story are not metaphors they're real wind and real waves jesus calmed a real storm that's what he did he wasn't doing something else he calmed a real storm but this abstracts the wind and the waves into something else
0: do you think that kind of cheapens the image
1: yes what christ did was miraculous and it showed his power to do the grander things that he would do like forgive sins like Die on the cross, like give us new life. Hmm. It doesn't need to be a metaphor. Hmm. It can be very specific. Why, why create abstractions out of real historical scriptural events? Why do that? You don't need to do that. The Bible means what it says, especially when it's talking about historical situations. Hmm.
0: Okay, I, I have a theory here. They had cheapened Christ's calming the storm to be an abstraction to which we can apply. Say troubles at work, yeah, troubles with our family, spouse, marriage,
1: yeah, exactly. Um,
0: and Christ certainly, we would say, can calm those troubles. The Lord cares about our families and wants us to worship Him and um, lead our families to follow Him and give us peace, um, in our professional and personal lives. But I think what you're hinting at is in the same way that His mastery. His miraculous and wonderful mastery over the physical world reflected his uh, status as its creator, right? His control over the spiritual realm was even more powerful. So when people are amazed that he can heal a blind man or heal a lame man or heal a leper, and he says, actually, I can forgive sins. Like he's mm-hmm. saying "This there is a tear that you have not even grasped yet. Mm-hmm. And these images of him um, calming the storm and walking on water, they, they give a small glimpse, as miraculous and glorious as they are, into his power over the spiritual realm. Yeah. And instead of pointing to the actual events that would then um, foreshadow his mastery over the spiritual um, this song actually reduces them to abstractions to be applied now, further obscuring what his miracles were meant to do in the first place.
1: Yeah. I mean, Hebrews eleven one says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is not a purely abstract or metaphysical thing. It has a substance. It has evidence. Like the scripture is referencing a kind of empirical idea. We see, I mean, this is all over scripture. The heavens declare the glory of God. Like we see evidence that moves our faith, right? Into mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a kind of assurance, a sure faith in God. Christ gives evidence of his divinity of his character through the things that he does. So by immediately just abstracting all of this, we're losing that substance mm-hmm. and that evidence. Mm-hmm. And that just does damage to to scripture and to the gospel, quite frankly. Mm-hmm.
0: Not to mention the Christian faith is not one where we let go of things no. and trust. We actually grab cling hold. Yeah. to Christ yeah. as our lord and our savior and we confess faith in him and we we are held securely in his hand.
1: Yeah. I mean this this is this song sounds like it could be in Frozen, right? It, it, R- it rather than, I thought
0: of that too. Let it go, let it go. Yeah. Can't hold it back anymore. Yeah. I think we may need to start a new segment on uh, the Worship Review podcast <laughs> Disney song or Christian song. It's the mountain.
1: Yep. The wind is howling like, like the, the storm. swirling storm inside, which of course is really a mixed metaphor because the storm was a bad thing. I am one with the wind and sky. My power flurries through the air into the ground. My soul is spiraling in frozen fractals all around and one thought crystallizes like an icy blast i'm never going back the past is in the past
0: We come to the one part of this song that directly references Horatio Spafford's hymn. Yep. And it is the chorus of that hymn. Right. It is well with my soul, it is well with my soul, it is well with my soul, it is well with my soul. Can you explain to me what this is doing here and how we can make sense of it?
1: Well, in it really, it's unfortunate because... In the context of the original hymn, It Is Well, that chorus really packs a punch because it's it follows these verses which describe great tumult and tragedy and sin. I mean, one of the best verses ever written in nice. all, exactly, one of the best verses ever written in hymnody. That makes the it is well just resound and sing of the goodness of God, his gospel, the forgiveness of sins, the totality of forgiveness, the rejoicing in God's work. I mean, it is well accomplishes so much when it follows that. Hmm. When it is well follows the train wreck that this song has been, it just, it, It is like pearls before swine. It is like, uh, (laughs) I I don't know. It's like a, it's just, it's just junk. It just, it like takes something that was beautiful and grand and it just covers it in mud. They pull out this great chorus and they tear it out of everything that gives it meaning. And they put it in the midst of such ambiguity and frivolity and vagueness. It's violent and tragic. And of course, the it is well phrase is the most memorable part of it as well in a popular sense. Like that's probably, that chorus is what's most known, which is unfortunate because the verses are amazing and they give that chorus meaning. So I take that to mean you didn't like it. You, you I, probably, it was hard to infer that, but yes. <laughs> that I should have said that more clearly. I didn't like it. Like you, I
0: actually felt a kind of violation when this popped up in this song. Uh, it was hard for me to put my finger on what it was, but it felt, especially once you've heard the moving story of how he wrote the hymn. Yeah, to see his words—I I can't believe I'm actually using this uh, verb—but expropriated in this way, yeah, is shocking. Um, it is. It's a. It's, it's a, a c- shock. You, you're reading this. Gibberish, and then you come across this, and they don't even have the decency to change the melody they they keep the original
1: no. tune and in the you know in the performance they like turn it into this like holding the lighters out kind of moment yeah. where it's just like and let's all it's almost like a bar chant hmm. or something it's just is utterly desecrating hmm. now obviously it as well is not holy scripture it's a hymn written by a man, but it's a very good
0: hymn
1: hmm. and I just, I thought it, yeah, I felt violated.
0: It's hard because I I, I don't want to get too deep into Horatio Spafford's hymn because that hymn definitely deserves an entire episode. I think
1: so too. I actually agree with you. I think we should wait and talk about that hymn on its own. Sure. I mean, it's embarrassing. They even took the name of the song as though it's somehow close to it as well. And all it keeps is the chorus. Again, utterly sanitized and scrubbed of the context that gives it meaning hmm. it's terrible
0: i do wonder if it is well with my soul gives the first couple of verses the aquatic metaphors yeah i thought so for. too when
1: peace like a river and yeah. sorrows like sea billows roll and we
0: have winds and waves yeah, and they thought exactly. well what's a story about winds and waves that we could
1: we could relate this to yeah but even then it it is well those metaphors make a bit more sense. Oh, and,
0: and they're given clearly. Not, I mean, yeah. they're not even always um, metaphors. Sometimes it's just simile, yeah. like with like and as. Yes. Sorrows, like, sea Billows, roll. Yes, role. right. Um, directly linking them. Yeah. Okay, Colin, what concluding remarks do you have to offer our listeners about this song? I
1: uh, don't I think it just gave them. I think this is a train wreck, and I wouldn't endorse it. What Very about good. you, Tyler?
0: I also would not endorse this song. I don't think my reaction is as visceral as yours is. I, I almost think you you feel personally attacked
1: by this usage. Um, I love it as well. I think that's a great song. Yeah. The way it was put together and the way that this man took his tragedy, his personal tragedy, and reworked it into a song that the whole church can sing that – describes the gospel in such a clear and powerful way and marries music really nicely together with the words. I just think it's a great example of hymnody at its best. Mm -hmm. And this song is just the opposite of it. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I do have a bit of a reaction to it. Hopefully I've had that reaction without sinning.
0: Yeah, I, I would not endorse it. At the end of the day, I find myself still kind of scratching my head trying to figure out what just went past me um musically mm. so what did you give this song out of 5 one out of 5 ice queens a reference to Elsa yep nice i give it one out of 5 mumfords
1: mumford because, and the sons
0: yeah in reference to that um band of millennial hipsters like um, well, some people why in them? this room because Uh, About halfway through the song, there's a cut in the clip to a guy playing guitar, and he's got on a collared shirt, a long-sleeve collared shirt, buttoned all the way up, and he's got a vest on, and he's got a bowler cap on, and he's got long kind of rocker hair and a scraggly beard. And I thought, he looks like he could be in the band Mumford & Sons, because listeners, I am a huge fan of Mumford & Sons, and I'm very stereotypical in that way of males in my generation
1: Tyler and I are both in the millennial generation but we're at opposite ends of it yeah thanks for interesting
0: polar opposites in some ways yeah listeners thank you very much for tuning into this episode of the worship review we ask that you would leave us a review on your favorite podcasting website if it's positive and send us an email if it's negative and uh check out our check out our twitter account Follow us, retweet us. Um, we tweet at people sometimes, so um, we'd love to chat with you. And if you have feedback, send it to feedback at the worshipreview.com. Thank you. Take care. You've been listening to the worship review. Please subscribe to the podcast, leave a comment, or email us at feedback at the We accept donations at anchor fm slash the worship review and patreon.com slash the worship review.